Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Spartans kept on rolling with another decisive win over one of Class AA's top contenders, this victory coming on the road. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Missoula Sentinel extended its winning streak to 14 games with a 27-6 win at Helena High on Friday night. Adam Jones scored three touchdowns, and the Spartans' defense shut down an offense that scored 63 points the week prior in a win over Hellgate at Washington Grizzly Stadium. The victory is Sentinel head coach Dane Oliver's 60th the most in Spartan history. In the Garden City, Butte continued its winning ways, posting a fourth straight victory with a 24-0 triumph over Missoula Big Sky Friday night. The win moves Butte to 4-1 and, and drops the Eagles to 1-4. The upset of the weekend in Class AA came when Great Falls CMR drilled number 4 Billing Senior 36-12 behind three fourth-quarter touchdown passes from Cole Taylor. The win moves the Rustlers to 4-1 and, and drops Senior to 3-2. In Class A, Hamilton continued to prove their top ranking by ripping Stevensville 49-12. Future Grizz Tyson Rostad tossed four touchdown passes and the Broncos scored 40 points or more for the fifth straight game to keep Hamilton undefeated. Dillon gutted out a 27-21 victory over Frenchtown in a crucial Southwestern A-clash to keep the Beavers bright in the playoff picture with a 3-2 mark while dropping the Bronx to 2-3. Key Christensen tossed two touchdowns and ran for the game-winning score in the fourth quarter to lift. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. my favorite guys to talk with and they're both in the studio at the exact same time welcome back in it's new on is now 1029 espn radio as well as statewide television swx montana tv i'm coulter new broadcasting to you live from the northwest motorsports studio chad dundas here justin angle here with me in the northwest motorsports studio go check out northwest motorsport largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the pacific northwest more than 1500 of them you can see each and every one online at nw msrocks.com. You missed anything in the first hour of the show. We heard from Aaron Best, Eastern Washington head coach, leading up to the showdown in Cheney on Saturday night under the lights at the Inferno. We also, uh, Chad and I, broke down some MMA, UFC, and also talked a little bit more about Grizz football, specifically the high level the defense is playing at. All that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Time now for a business angle. Presented in 
proudly by Blackfoot Communications. And let's start there. Let's talk about podcasts because you guys, this is what we all have in common. I started out as a podcaster before I became a radio guy and uh, I still do a lot of podcasting. By the way, new episodes of Catching Up with the Cats and Grizz Greats both coming out later this evening or maybe tomorrow morning. But we got uh, Vince Huntsberger on Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champion Grizzlies. And we got Zach Minter, former All-American defensive tackle, on our Catching Up with the Cats. But you guys both are podcasting gurus. Chad has the co-main event podcast as well as Death in the West. Justin has a new angle podcast as well as a very interesting one, Fireline. I'm glad you guys got to meet because to answer each other's questions, let's just start there. I want you to, I want Justin to tell Chad about this Fireline podcast because I think he would find this fascinating. Okay, well, I'm trying to sell in the studio. I can't believe it, Chad. <laughs> so Fireline is a seven-part series that sort of gives the lay listener an understanding of, you know, what wildfire means um, for our way of life, how we sort of cope with it, how we move forward as a society. It's sort of a user guide to living in uh, in fire prone lands and and it's um it's we released it in, in march of this year and received uh, you know some good interest there but it's content that sort of continues to ripen this fire season we saw a lot of interest and hopefully it'll it'll provide some durability and be interesting as fires sort of come around again it's a rainy day here in in western montana so you know i don't know if we're getting many new listeners today but sure uh, but it's it's an issue we all live with, yeah. Check I think it it's a, I think it's important for people that live in this part of the world. And then Chad, we've talked about your co-main event podcast, but Death in the West is also a very interesting one, and I think that Justin would enjoy that. So tell the folks kind of more about that one too. Yeah, it was a kind of podcasting that I've never done before. Even though Ben and I have had the MMA show for almost a decade, we went and did a, like a serial serialized history and true crime podcast that I partnered up with my brother, who's a magazine article article editor out in Portland. Uh, and two of our friends who live here in Missoula, uh, one of whom is a history PhD and the other is a, a local journalist. So w- we went with a uh, a 10-part series that takes a very, very wide-angle look at the Frank Little murder in Butte in 1917. He was a union organizer who came to Butte during a bitter uh, strike in the copper mines, and he, he got murdered, and the murder is unsolved uh, over 100 years later. Um, so we... we uh, we told kind of a mystery story, but also exploded it with a real wide angle look at, at the political climate of the time, um, which is a little bit comparable to some of the things that we have going on today. And, uh, just investigated it in as much detail as we possibly could. And, and people, people liked it. People, we've gotten really good feedback on it and, uh, we're going to come back with a second season, hopefully later this year. Podcasting itself is is a fascinating phenomenon to me because I don't really know what the tipping point was, but we've seen a tipping point where it hasn't fully gone. There's still tons and tons. I mean, there's millions of you out here listening to this phenomenal radio show right now. Million. But uh, it is become. I'm, I remember when I first started doing podcasts back in 2013. So many people had no idea what I was talking about. What is that? Where do I find it? Why would I listen to that? I was like, it's on-demand radio, kind of, but it's not. But it seems like this is gaining more and more momentum. But, Justin, why do you think it is? What is, What about it has helped podcasting take off so much? I think there's a few attributes of the product. I mean, it is one of the only forms of you know paid media advertising that is continuing to grow. Most of the other totally. Side. Most of the other sort of forms of paid media advertising are, are in decline. And one of the reasons I think it is continuing to grow is, one, it is, as you said, sort of on demand. So customers can access it as they choose on their own table. They can start and stop, come back to things. And beyond that, it also has a long tail. So you place an ad in a show and, you know, it's not just it's not gone after a given day it can last and and acquire new listens and so for advertisers it's attractive from that standpoint and i think um it also provides you know since it's not it doesn't have to go in a time slot it gives you a lot more flexibility with what you can do with storytelling you know with with your with your series chat or, or with interviews you don't have to be constrained by you know plugging ads in or meeting a time box or whatever so it just opens up some possibilities for deeper storytelling Chad one thing that's become a phenomenon in podcasting is not just the podcasting but like podcast video elements right so many people are live streaming the making of the podcast too what do you think of that 
Are you doing that? You're not doing that yet, are you? Oh, uh, Ben and I have a live stream that's available to our Patreon subscribers. Okay, yes, the, right, right, right. Event. Um, and that is, it's it's very popular. Uh, do I would I rather just sit there and talk on the mic when no one could see me? Obviously, yes. for sure. Yeah, I think about um, that when I'm on TV every day. Right, but I mean, like, one, <laughs> of the, one of the things that I think is attractive for creators to podcasts is that the barrier to entry is relatively low. That's like, true. The technology involved is not. Uh, overwhelming, you know, if you can get a mic and figure your way around at some uh, audio software, you can basically get in the podcast game if that's what you want. And the same is true now of, of video. And it's becoming more and more true all the time that uh, it's all becoming simplified and easier for the lay person to handle. And, you know, if you can get a, a, a streaming video camera, you can set it up in your bedroom and now you got a video show that you can market to people. So, and some people are obviously doing great things with, with, with that stuff. So uh, it's it takes a, a day to learn and a lifetime to master. That's that's very true. But Chad Dundas, Justin Angle, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. It's the Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin and I do this every other Tuesday, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. It's an overlay between business and sports. The phenomenon of people wanting to watch you just talk mm. is fascinating, right? I mean, we I got a question the other day. Uh, because I take the press conferences every Monday from both Montana and Montana State and put them into, oh, I don't want to say completely uncut, because we do put some spots in there, I clean up a couple pauses, whatever, but mo- mostly just start to finish of the press conference in audio form on a podcast. But then we also make a YouTube video of it. We have distinctly different audiences. It's only Bobby Houck or Brent Vegan sitting at a table talking. And so you can either listen to it or watch it, but we have fully different audiences of hundreds, if not thousands of people watching it. And I just find it fascinating because some people, they just want to see you talk, right? Well, I think, and this is something we're all kind of living through with this pandemic and the move to Zoom. Sure. I mean, you get different signals in the communication, whether it's just listening to the spoken word, whether it's trying to, you know, interact. I think on Zoom, like we're seeing that there's a disconnect between the, the social signals and communications cues we're getting from whoever we're speaking with. Um, so, yeah, some folks get all they need out of the spoken word. Some folks need to see the video to kind of understand the dimensions, understand sure. the inflection, uh, the personalities. Um, I don't really get it why people watch. But but before Rogan went on Spotify, for example, like almost the lion's share of his listens were through the YouTube channel. Right. People like that. It's very, very interesting. Enough about podcasting, although I could talk about this with you guys all day because I think it is a phenomenal medium. But before we get into Justin's attendance of the Grizz game and all of the things that stem from that. I want to talk briefly about the heavyweight boxing championship that's coming up next Saturday. It's the third rendition of Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. When I first saw Deontay Wilder, I thought, wow, that guy could be the guy that could be the next boxing star. Then Anthony Joshua sort of stole that crown from him for a brief moment, but I'm not really sure what happened to Anthony Joshua. He sort of disappeared all all of a sudden. I don't really know. And then Tyson Fury who's like this, how do you even say? He's not like an anti-hero. He's, he's so much different than those guys, though, because he's not the, the pretty, smooth guy. He's like the big old lug. But, man, he's tough. And this is the third rendition of this. So, um, first of all, let's start with Chad. What do you think of this fight overall? And it seems as if a rivalry between two fighters of this quality should be the thing that's having heavyweight boxing back on the map. But... It seems like there's only waning interest in, in this third bout between these two guys. Yeah, uh, for a hot minute there, it seemed like Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury had a good chance to sort of revive the heavyweight division to be like the closest thing that we have seen since Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield and later Lennox Lewis. Sure. Uh, Anthony Joshua kind of dropped the ball on that. He lost his heavyweight title last weekend, I think, to uh, Alexander Usyk. And now we're going to run it back a third time between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Uh, I would describe Tyson Fury as a cartoon character. Right. A moment ago, you were you didn't know how to describe him. He, I think the guy is like a walking caricature. If you don't know this guy's story, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, he is going to have this third fight with Deontay Wilder, which is probably the biggest attraction boxing can can put together at this point. But the two guys have fought two times previous. The first time was a draw. Uh, Tyson Fury won the second one. I think they have boxed each other for like 19 rounds or something like that. Right. And the, the going consensus, as far as I can tell, I'm not as uh, closely 
uh, watching boxing as I am the other sport that I cover. But uh, most people think Tyson Fury has won most of those rounds. And I think most people expect him to win this fight. I think he's a three to one favorite, if I'm not mistaken. And so just that alone, I think, undermines some of your marketability. But, uh, you know, I think that people were excited about having this new crop of heavyweights. And it's in some ways it's fizzled, although Deontay Wilder and and Tyson Fury are still big stars. But I think that all of that kind of has reduced the interest level a little bit. Justin, you and I talk frequently about relevancy and what does it take to be relevant. And it seems like boxing's just been grasping for relevancy for quite some time for a lot of reasons, including the rise of the UFC, of MMA, but a variety of other reasons as well. But this is sort of like a parallel to Otani in baseball. If what he's doing right now isn't going to be leading sports center, then is baseball ever going to be leading sports center again? I don't know. It's sort of the similar dynamic with heavyweight boxing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I use myself as a good um, sort of measuring stick for that fact that I have no idea any of the names you're talking <laughs> right, about. Right, totally, right. It's an indication that it just hasn't broken through and hasn't gained cultural r- resonance where I don't, I don't think I ever watched a Mike Tyson fight, but I sure as heck knew who he was. Totally. I knew all about his life, his all the story, and all of that. He was such a captivating character. And so, yeah, we live in an environment where, like, there's so many more channels through which athletes or celebrities or whoever can be a captivating character and curate their personality and if you're not able to break through and fighting is sort of a uh, a bit of a noisy space to break through you're gonna struggle um and i think too now versus some of when those uh, classic characters we referenced um were at their age of prominence there wasn't a lot of prominence to mma, MMA and ufc and these other competitive frameworks where you know, maybe those sports are more interesting for viewers and those promoters are doing more interesting things to engage the viewer whether it's live or on tv a business angle justin angle Chad Dundas, both in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. Let's talk about the Grizz game that you attended. I had my pregame show, which, by the way, we'll continue to bring you pre- and post-game coverage before and after every University of Montana home game. We broadcast live from the Chamber of Commerce parking lot before the game. And as of this last weekend, we broadcast live from the Canyon Club at the Adams Center after the game. Very cool technology that let us bring the press conference live to the listeners. So pretty cool. Appreciate the guys in the back, the engineering guys, you got all that taken care of. But I was walking in the stadium. I get a picture on my phone uh, from from one Justin Angle. He says, making my first appearance in a while, ready to check this thing out. And it was you standing on the sidelines. So, uh, broadly, before we get to the, the details of this, your impressions of your first Grizz game in some time. Yeah, it had been a while, and it's not that I'm not a, a, a fan of the team in general. It's more of a, a family constraint. We have my wife, Maggie, works in the, in the president's office. So sure. the, the games are a big part of, of her job and a big part of the president's job and the whole staff. It's a big production. So I'm often on point with the kids. I have two daughters, and trying to convince them to go to the football game is <laughs> sometimes right. a lift for them and for me. Um, but, yeah, so this is my first opportunity to go in a while. At the beginning of the third quarter, President Bodner hands out pizza to the student uh, right. section. It's called Pizza with the President. And so I was invited to participate in that. He brings some faculty and staff along with him. So that was sort of the, the premise for going. Um, got to go on the field before the game, watch some warm-ups, watch the team run out through the tunnel, um, and so forth from the field and then getting back on the field in the third quarter for most of the third quarter was, was a real treat. Um, and I got to say, like, first things that stood out to me is, you know, having not been up close and personal with a lot of the athletes in a while, like, it feels like these guys are a bit of a different species. They're a lot bigger than the last time I oh, looked buddy. at the crew. No, it is not questionable. I talked to Bobby Hug about this. There, there was... Uh, a moment in time where there was very few guys that played for the Grizz that I was physically intimidated by. Yeah. Now there's a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're very intimidating. Yeah. And so there's that. And then I got to say the production value has, I think, gone up tremendously. Hmm. The energy in the stadium, the visual aspects. I mean, it doesn't hurt when you can throw up on the Jumbotron or whatever it's called now, all these highlights of them beating the the, the, the University of Washington a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you have got great content. You've got a compelling uh, setting. Uh, you've got a team that's more exciting and operating at a faster pace. And just I feel like all the sort of customer experience attributes are kind of coming together to create a more engaging product on many on many dimensions. 
I'll, I'll let you take any any question you might have for Justin. Um, man, I haven't been over there since 2019. I was at the last home game, the the playoff game where they beat South. Western Louisiana, Southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana, exactly. Yeah, they beat them so bad I forgot their name. Seventy-three <laughs> twenty-eight. Yeah, it was, a, it was a route. Yeah. Um, and it's been even longer since I was down on the field, so that just seems like a, a, an amazing experience. What what struck you just from sort of like a, a an in-game perspective? Like the, the, you know, despite the fact that it's a smaller stadium, Washington Grizzly Stadium is, is regarded as a, a, you know, one of the premier game day atmosphere certainly in the fcs maybe in all of college football you have the mountain behind you uh you're kind of sunken into the ground it's very very loud uh what was your just impression of of you know being surrounded by that many people especially after maybe not being surrounded by that many people for the last 18 months yeah certainly that was uh interesting and i'm not gonna lie a little bit stressful (laughs) i mean i got two young kids that are too young to be vaccinated and it it is a fraught time to be gathering at that scale with a bunch of people however um being an open air stadium and having a spectacularly beautiful day with some airflow it, it it felt like we could sort of be comfortable in our setting there um and I will say that that last time, Coulter, we talked about, you know, it was just after the win against the Huskies. Yep. And we talked about the style with which the team played. It wasn't yes. some fluke play or some like crazy offensive run and gun win. They won very much on brand. And when I say on brand, like dominating defense, physical presence, being able to really kind of physically dominate and overpower the other team. And that was part of the style of play right from the beginning on Saturday. In fact, the narrative sort of in the stands around me was like, hey, who's winning, the offense or the defense? Who's scoring more points right. here? And, you know, I think that, you know, as, as we're sort of building up to this Eastern Washington game and beyond, like the team is establishing a brand. The experience in the stadium is consistent with that brand. The stadium can participate in the development of that. So all these elements sort of align. And so hopefully we can kind of continue that. And, you know, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter how you win, but this team is establishing itself as a team that sort of creates a particular type of viewer experience and a particular type of style of play that, that is really engaging. And I think it's what people in Montana like to watch. A Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin Angle, Chad Dundas in studio with me here on Nuanas Now. Chad, I've always found this actually ironic because when you talk about the brand of Montana football, that was so reemphasized for the last 20 years, but in its essence, actually Montana's greatest success came running systems that were completely different than what we've seen for most of Bobby Houck's time, certainly. But the whole notion of ground and pound and play hard defense that was very secondary in the, in the 90s when it was throw the ball 70 times and roll it up. I mean, the, the statistics when I did my 95, uh, 25th anniversary Grizz Greats podcast, the statistics are hilarious. I mean, they're, the Grizz were running for like 30 yards per game. Bobby Houck would freak out if that was happening now because they were throwing for like 400. So what do you think of this sort of that dichotomy, Chad? Because it is, it is an interesting one where Justin's right. They are sort of on brand now, but... It's different than the brand that they used to have. And I think a lot of older Grizz fans still to this day long for that brand. A la, that's why Bob Stick got hired as the head coach, because they were trying to repeat Don Reed. Right, right. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that there was a significant culture shock the first time around when Bobby Howe came in. Not only because he's, he changed the style of play to a more ground-based, quote-unquote, pro-style offense, but also just like he had to follow Joe Glenn. Right. Who was the ultimate players coach and the ultimate uh, public relations entity for the university. I mean, Bobby Houck is not going to go to the lounge Friday night before the game and play the piano and dance with everybody's wives. He's not. He's preparing for the game. Joe Glenn would go sing and dance and do all those things. Yeah, Joe Glenn wouldn't wear a headset on the sideline. Right. <laughs> uh, but he would be out the, the night before playing the... I think he came in the very first press conference when they hired him. He sat down at a piano and played the fight song. Right. Like, who does that? Well, Joe Glenn did. And then, you know, he wins the national championship, goes off to, to coach at Wyoming, and Bobby comes in. And there was a significant culture shock because not only did he change the style of play, but he added this attitude, which uh, in the ensuing years has become kind of synonymous with Grizz football now. Uh, but at the time was True. kind of jarring because it was a very uh, 
in some ways adversarial like confrontational we're big and tough and we're going to run you over and you're not going to be able to keep up with us for uh four quarters of football that was very different than what they had had before if if the cliche is true that the the team takes on the personality of its coach the things that we had had previous to that with don reed oh man mick danahy and joe glenn was kind of the uh, you know 180 degree opposite of bobby hauck it's phenomenal point i mean because joe don reed was papa bear like your grandpa the legend of Don Reed is that he only knew Dave Dickinson's name. He only ever knew anybody else by number, right? But but he loved his guys, and he, he was a totally different type of guy. Then you got McDenahy, Butte's finest. I mean, he, Mick can make friends at the end, two seconds. And then Joe Glenn, the, the singing, piano-playing cowboy. And then you have Darth Vader, Bobby Houck. And I, I don't I don't hesitate to say that for one second because that's what Coach Houck wants. He wants – I mean, he said it in his preseason interview – the evil empire is back. He wants the whole league to fear and the whole country to fear Montana. And it is very interesting because, Justin, from your, in your mind, from a sort of marketing promotion standpoint, it's a tenuous line to toe because it only really works, at least to me, if you're exceptionally good. Yeah. Yeah, you got to deliver, right? I mean, that's the whole thing that makes a brand. You know, great brands derive from great products. I get asked this about marketing all the time. Like, right. you know, how, what do you think of our advertising? How can we do better marketing? And I'm like, I don't really care about your marketing. Tell me about your product. Is your product good? Do people want it? Can they not live without it? Does it stand for something? And so the great brands derive from great products. And so, yes, like you can come in and say, we're going to be the toughest. We're going to be the most fit. We're going to be the biggest, but you got to put that product on the field. Do it. Exactly. And I think the same rules apply with the run and gun fancy offense. Like, right. you know, you got to no execute. Doubt. So you can be wild and exciting and run up the score, but you, you, you got to win the games. And if you win the games, people will buy into it. So yes, if, if the, that's why early on when, when we weren't winning games, People start to think, well, these, are these guys really that tough? Doesn't seem like they're that big or whatever. But right. now, they win a few games, they sort of look the part, win in the style that we expect. That's consistent with the, you know, what what the brand elements that 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 Bobby and the rest of them are trying to cultivate. Yeah, now you have something that sort of makes sense in our minds that we can buy into, and, you know, and, and hopefully what continues to present will be consistent with what we've cultivated. I don't want to take it down a quote-unquote negative uh, area, but I do want to ask you about the the mobile ticketing because this has mm-hmm. been something that we have gotten a ton of questions about, a ton of feedback about. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, on one hand, it's just sort of the future, so people need to kind of adjust. But on the other hand, it seems tenuous at best to annoy and or piss off older, potentially deep-pocketed boosters and, and guys that have been going to games for 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, so I'm not an expert in that policy. Uh, I mean, I, I was hoping actually to have uh, a mobile ticket. I had a paper ticket. You did. It was just sort of how it played out. I huh. got the tickets through my wife and so forth. But um, Maybe you can give a seminar. You're a great professor, so maybe you can give a class to all the people that are calling me asking me how to print their tickets because I don't know. I can't figure it out either. Yeah, I mean, technology systems are hard, and you have to, indeed, indeed you have to execute. And I sure like any parent out there that's had to navigate online education for their kid and like all the different passwords and things you've had to set up on these various platforms or anybody that's ever tried to pay with something at their credit card at a grocery store, like it's a different system everywhere you go and we have to adapt to technology. And I think some people unfortunately kind of get left behind. It is, I agree with you. It is where it's going. I think doing a better job of delivering a, um, a product that, uh, or an experience that customers can kind of navigate without a lot of pain is important. There's always going to be people that are kind of uncomfortable with change. Um, but hopefully we can minimize that over time because yeah, you can't sort of have, uh, a customer experience that isn't uh, high quality all the way around. Chad, I know you had some questions for Justin just about the game day experience as a whole because you'd be getting some feedback about some various different uh, maybe changes <laughs> or things like that too. Yeah, um, I hadn't been to a game for a while, but Colter and I were talking about going to see Guns N' Roses actually right. uh, just a few minutes ago, which is frankly my last time in the stadium. And when we went... Not that we were interested in drinking a couple few soda pops. But <laughs> Who would want to do that on a Friday night in Missoula in August? I don't know. At a Guns and Roses, concert, yeah. Concert. But, like, we didn't go together, but we both saw that the line for beer, the concession line at Guns and Roses, went out of the stadium. Oh, yeah. Not just, like, around the stadium, but, like, 
I, I thought it was the ticket line for a while. Yes. I was waiting to get in, and then people were like, oh, this is just the beer line. So yep. I walked in, but it was like a 45-minute round trip to, oh, yeah. get, to get a drink. And I, I waited heard, once. I had one beer because I was not about to do it twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've heard from some people that have been to the football games early in this season that getting into the stadium has been a problem, that going to, to the concessions has been a problem. Uh, that getting you know the uh, beer at the new beer garden has been a problem. Uh, did you see any of that? Did you notice any of that? Was there just in terms of like I guess infrastructure and logistics? Was there were there any issues? You know, we kind of planned ahead, expecting that it might be it might take a while to get into the stadium. We had heard that too. We did not. Uh, have a much of a wait getting in. Uh, it does seem like, you know, ba- ba- based on the last time I attended a game, it was a little bit more um, security, uh, you know, and I, that's probably a good thing in some ways, but it does cause more of a wait for folks. The concessions, yeah, that's an issue. I don't exactly know the, the cause of that issue, whether it's staffing, whether it's, you know, additional COVID protocols with, with preparing the, you know, the food and beverage, I don't have any insight to that, but I, I will say that, yeah, the concession lines were, were long. Um, that means that people are getting out there and, and trying to consume the products, which is good. We want more of that, but at the same time, if, if, like I said before, if the experience isn't good, that, that, that's, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth, um, literally in some ways, I guess. A business angle, Justin Angle, Chad Dundas, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio on Nuanas Now. All right, last thing I want to get to, guys. The University of Montana is the number four team in the football championship subdivision this week. Eastern Washington is the number six team in the football championship subdivision this week. I actually was astounded when I heard this statistic. This is the first time that these two will play on Saturday night when they are both ranked in the top eight. Hmm. I think that's a testament to the way that these two programs have traded off in their dominance of the Big Sky Conference. It was Montana from 1993 through 2009. It was Eastern Washington for the last 10 or 11 years. And so, you know, oftentimes when the Grizz were rolling, Eastern was a top 25 team, but not maybe a top 10 team and vice versa. When Eastern's been a top five team these last handful of years, Montana maybe just outside the top 10. All that said, though, this is uh, from a media production and media promotion standpoint, a dream come true. The easiest thing you can sell uh, on a broadcast is an offense that averages 54 points per game and leads the country in scoring versus a defense that averages se- seven points per game allowed and leads the country in scoring defense. That's all to say this is on ESPN2 Saturday night on the lights, the first nationally televised regular season Big Sky game in the conference's history. So beyond the ramifications and impact of what this game will have on the Big Sky standings, to me, this is an enormous opportunity for these two universities. And when you look at the two universities, they are the two universities that have had elite athletic programs and dwindling enrollment simultaneously. So those two things, this is perhaps the greatest litmus test of is the athletic department actually the front porch of your university? How much can success in football actually impact enrollment? So we'll start with you, Justin. What do you think of this opportunity for the university as a whole to be on a national stage? Yeah, it's a great opportunity. And the whole setup that you described is part of this rich opportunity to sort of t- promote the game of the course of a week or a couple of weeks or whatever it is. Um, you know, I will say, though, that like, if you think of it from a branding perspective, you know, we talked about these branding elements that the, the team and the program have established. And in many ways, like we talk about that Husky game, what the, what a lot of folks saw on the field or through the television, through the field out in Seattle was, was maybe one of their first touch points with the University of Montana brand, yep. right? And so, you know, from a branding standpoint, you generally follow this 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 um, hierarchy of effects, the awareness, interest, desire, action, right? So we got this awareness phase, big win over the Huskies. Now we're like, can we get people interested in this place? And so we got to come up with a level of effort and a sort of level of play that's consistent with that, win or lose. Obviously, we want it to be a win, but they got to come out there and sort of play with the same style, the same intensity, the same toughness. And hopefully that will sort of continue this momentum. Of course, you know, I'm a partisan. I'm, I'm writing for the team. But from a branding standpoint, it is a great opportunity not only to expand that awareness, but to push people closer to being interested and desirous of this place. And Chad, it's fascinating to consider this element. 
One of the two games that Montana played in the spring was against Central Washington. They take out the Washington Huskies in week one. Now they play Eastern Washington. Those are three of the four major football-playing universities in the state of Washington. <laughs> Ironically, I mean, Cheney is as close to Missoula as half the places in Montana that Montana recruits. So you can get quote-unquote hometown guys from Eastern Washington that are a closer drive to Missoula than if you're driving out to Sydney or Miles City or Harleton or anything like that. So uh, from a recruiting standpoint, but also just from a visibility standpoint, this is a enormous game for Montana, but for Eastern as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm always astonished at the number of people that I talk to who are aware of the University of Montana because they saw a football game on television. That's right. Mm-hmm. Especially during the first Bobby Houck tenure when you would get some like night playoff games that would be on ESPN2 or ESPN and you know specifically like Appalachian State game, anything like that, where it was at Washington Grizzly Stadium yep. and you see the nighttime atmosphere. I mean, I believe that Coach Houck coached, I think, 11 or maybe even 12 of those because Montana was perennially at least in the semifinals. And when you get to the semis, you're on, you're on the two. Yeah, and so uh, I think that games like this where you're going to be on television can provide an almost immeasurable impact on the, the uh, actually that's, I'm sure there's a way to measure it, but like sure. <laughs> a big impact yeah, yeah. on like the profile of the university. Uh, my apologies to the fine people of Spokane County, Washington, but it's a little bit of a shame that they're not playing this game in Missoula because the atmosphere in Cheney won't be the same. Right. Uh, and you're going to have, unfortunately, the red turf and everything else that <laughs> may, may, can, may, can be a little bit hard to look at. But, like, if you go over there and get a win on on national television, I think that it, it does a lot to to raise people's awareness of the university, which, the, like you guys were just talking about, is a thing that the University of Montana needs right now. Uh, and so that could be great. And, uh, you know, I think... Um, just as an addendum, the ESPN Plus deal is important also no for the Big Sky Conference. Last time I was here, you and I were talking about streaming and the demise of people flipping through the channels yep. and just finding something and watching it. And that's how you find out about something that becomes one of your likes, one of your touchstone things. Totally. Uh, ESPN Plus, in some ways, doesn't replace that, but it gives, it's a different opportunity. I have ESPN Plus because I cover the UFC and they are exclusively on ESPN Plus at this point. I'll be sitting at home, I'll turn on ESPN Plus. I don't want to watch the Portland Timbers, you know, right. play the Whitecaps because it's yeah. on ESPN Plus and it's there and I can watch it. I think having all of those Big Sky Conference games uh, on ESPN Plus and available on demand is also a huge deal for the conference and for the university because people will find you that way. As as kind of silly as it sounds, like that's that's the way people stumble onto the the game and then they find out about the university and, and it ends up turning their heads for one reason or another. It is my dream come true too because they archive every game on there. And all you have to do is scroll down college football, Big Sky Conference, bam, and I could just go through every game, get a little insight there. on all of it. It's just like awesome. I've watched at least a part of like four different games in between commercials on Sunday. I mean, we were just vegging out. We were just geeking all the way out <laughs> on the football, but but it is great. So uh, anything else to add, Justin, because it just, it just seems like this is a paramount moment for Montana if they capitalize. Yeah, and it's it's um, you know I don't want to it's it's hard like as an educator right like I don't want to put too much not only too much of of you know the 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 expectation on the team sure. itself to carry the load for the <laughs> enrollment. Of the here's here's Montana, the thing but, that here's the thing that I will say though about this opportunity, which is why I think this team itself is such a a well suited one to have this sort of exposure. I have no idea what's going to happen on Saturday. I have a thought of what I think is going to happen on Saturday. But I don't think that the actual result has that much of an influence on what this is. I think that if Montana goes and plays as hard as they've played the last three games, that's good for just the identity and and brand of your athletic department. Yeah, and and, and I'd agree with that. And I think the town is excited. And I think it's sort of where they go from here is, is probably more important than exactly what happens on Saturday. That sounds sort of banal as I say it. But um, this sort of team has something going that could endure a loss if that loss is reflective of, you know, great effort and great toughness. They got to continue to sort of do the things that have gained them the, the, the sort of inspiration and faith of the community to this point. Well, gentlemen, I've kept you past your curfews, but thank you so much for hanging out. Please go check these guys out. They're awesome producers of content. Chad Dundas, he's got the co-main event podcast and hopefully another season of Death in the West upcoming. Justin Angle, a New Angle podcast, a Fireland podcast, as well as joining us every other Tuesday here on Duanas Now. You guys are great, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Yeah, man, you bet.
At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Spartans kept on rolling with another decisive win over one of Class AA's top contenders, this victory coming on the road. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Missoula Sentinel extended its winning streak to 14 games with a 27-6 win at Helena High on Friday night. Adam Jones scored three touchdowns, and the Spartans' defense shut down an offense that scored 63 points the week prior in a win over Hellgate at Washington Grizzly Stadium. The victory is Sentinel head coach Dane Oliver's 60th the most in Spartan history. In the Garden City, Butte continued its winning ways, posting a fourth straight victory with a 24-0 triumph over Missoula Big Sky Friday night. The win moves Butte to 4-1 and, and drops the Eagles to 1-4. The upset of the weekend in Class AA came when Great Falls CMR drilled number 4 Billing Senior 36-12 behind three fourth-quarter touchdown passes from Cole Taylor. The win moves the Rustlers to 4-1 and, and drops Senior to 3-2. and two. In Class A, Hamilton continued to prove their top ranking by ripping Stevensville 49-12. Future Grizz Tyson Rostad tossed four touchdown passes and the Broncos scored 40 points or more for the fifth straight game to keep Hamilton undefeated. Dillon gutted out a 27-21 victory over Frenchtown in a crucial Southwestern A-clash to keep the Beavers bright in the playoff picture with a 3-2 mark while dropping the Bronx to 2-3. Key Christensen tossed two touchdowns and ran for the game-winning score in the fourth quarter to lift. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in. Luana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching statewide television or on YouTube. No matter how you're consuming the show, thanks for being a part of it. One of my favorite things in the world. Directed, poignant, intellectual conversations. Loved having those guys in here, man. I'm glad those guys could connect with each other as well. Chad Dundas and Justin Angle. Two of the best bands. Great having those guys in this community. And uh, it's what makes Missoula great, man. The discourse that exists, the discussions that you can have. And uh, the fact that we get to do it on the radio and you guys listen to us, man, pretty fun, pretty cool. We have so much stuff going on around here, and there is so much stuff going at all levels of football and all levels of fall sports that – we're not really getting around to our high school football or high school sport coverage until right about now. So it is time now for our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes, whether you need a loan for a car or a home or an automobile or a, uh, a boat, whatever you got, a toy. Parkside Credit Union, one of the easiest places and most uh, beneficial places to get a loan anywhere in Western Montana. Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Our Treasure State Stars highlights some of the best performances from around the state of Montana each week. This week, football heavy. Uh, we're going to get some other athletes involved in this as well, but uh, this one, all football all the time. So, uh, Treasure State star number one, Isaiah Clonch. He threw three touchdowns for Billings West, including two to Caden Dowler, and he ran for two more as the Golden Bears won for the fourth straight time, 48-3 to over Belgrade. So, Billings West, they lost their season opener at Missoula Sentinel, at Washington Grizzly Stadium, actually, here in Missoula. And they bounced back in a big way. They've had four straight resounding wins. Isaiah Klotch, a guy I saw compete at Marty Morningweg's quarterback camp over the summer. He's a great athlete, and I think he has a future in football. So, uh, Isaiah Klotch, three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns to lead Billings West to a big victory. Treasure State star number two, Rafe Longin. He's from Great Falls High. He took a kickoff back for a touchdown. He also had an eight-yard touchdown run. And Great Falls High posts a 27-22 victory over Bozeman Gallatin. It's a big win for Great Falls, man. They've struggled this year. And uh, sort of 
unpredictably that they've struggled. They were expected to be a top-five team in the state, a lot of talent coming back, and they still are a talented team. But a uh, couple tough losses early, and then all of a sudden it spiraled on them. They were 0-4, but a big win for Great Falls High. We'll see if they can get back on track. As we know, the playoff picture wide open because everybody makes the playoffs in Class AA football. Missoula Sentinel, 27, Helena High, 6. The defense for Sentinel deserves a Treasure State star, but so does Adam Jones. He's been a breakout performer for the Sentinel Spartans, and he had three more rushing touchdowns to lead Sentinel to that 27-6 victory over Helena High. And uh, the Spartans, they've now taken out number one, Billings West, number three, Kalispell Glacier, and now number five, Helena High on the road. So impressive and good work by Sentinel, the defending state champions, now up to 14, count them, 14 consecutive victories. Treasure State star number four, Cole Taylor. He, caught, he tossed three fourth-quarter touchdown passes to break open what was a tight game, and Great Falls CMR upends Billings Senior 36-12. Great win by CMR. Cole Taylor with three fourth-quarter touchdowns to lead the way. Treasure State star number five, Tristan Payette. He had a couple rushing touchdowns and also was heavily involved in the passing game, and he helped Florence Carlton dispatch of Anaconda 44-3. The Falcons had 30 first-quarter points. And uh, number one team in Class B, the Florence Falcons, keep on rolling. They're up to 4-0. Columbus, a team that a lot of people around the state were talking about as a potential contender in Class B, they're absolutely right there. They're 4-0 in the Class B ranks after defeating Jefferson. Uh, that's Boulder for those counting at home. Jefferson County High School, 26-14. to And Treasure State star number six is Trey Johannes. He rushed for three touchdowns, and he kept the Cougars rolling with a big-time victory. So there you have it, Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Do that each Tuesday, highlighting some of the best amateur performances from across the state of Montana. Get you prepped up for the rest of the week and take you home here on a Tuesday. Keep it right here on ESPN Radio. SportsBet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for SportsBet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. SportsBet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. My favorite songs, man. The impression I get. I better knock on some wood. I was watching some old school hard knocks the other night. The one with the Oakland Raiders, John Gruden's first season, I guess, transitioning into the Las Vegas Raiders. Knock on wood if you hear me. Such a funny coach, man. So fun. Welcome back in. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanez, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport here in Missoula. They're new to Missoula, new to Montana. Boasts an inventory of trucks that's larger than any in the Pacific Northwest. They're located here in Missoula, the corner of Stevens and Mount. They also can be found online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Great show today. Aaron Best, head coach for the Eastern Washington Eagles, joined us as part of our Across the Sidelines where we interview coaches from opposing teams that are taking on the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. Good friends of this show, good friends of mine, Chad Dundas and Justin Angle swung on by. Chad, the purveyor and co-host of the Co-Main Event podcast, as well as Death in the West, both of those awesome podcasts. Death in the West, maybe not sports-oriented, but still worth listening to. Uh, He joined me to talk about all things UFC and all things Grizz football and also a little heavyweight championship boxing. And then Justin Angle, 
a business angle. And Chad stuck around, hung out for that one. That was very fun as well uh, to have both those guys here in studio. And uh, we had a conversation all about branding, marketing, sports, the overlay between business and sports, the opportunity Montana has from a branding, marketing perspective as they head to Cheney, Washington for an ESPN2 showdown under the lights at the Inferno against Eastern Washington, a couple top 10 teams in the FCS. And then I also gave you my Treasure State Stars for the week. All of that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. We roll on on Nuanas Now throughout the rest of this week. All sorts of fun coverage coming up for you. Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana Television, as well as Sean Rainey from SWX, both going to join us on tomorrow's show and a very special appearance from one and only Ed McCaffrey. It's interesting now because it's not like we have this NFL celebrity coming on the show, although we do. <laughs> so he is the head coach of Northern Colorado. He has his media obligations. He's kind enough to gift us with some time. But uh, it's going to be interesting for me because I, I really like those Denver Broncos teams growing up, and I think that Ed McCaffrey was awesome. Super fun to watch. So recrafting in my mind, getting to know him as the head coach of a Big Sky Conference school rather than you know just the guy that was catching touchdowns from John Elway in the Super Bowl. But either way, we'll have all that and more. Back at it, 4 p.m. tomorrow. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening with us. Thanks so much for watching us. Thanks so much for driving home with us. This has been Nuanas Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports, each and every day right here on 1029 ESPN Radio. Have yourself a wonderful evening, and be good. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home it's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.